What's up and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko. This would be my solo show, but finally, after after doing podcasting for about nine months, I have been able to connect with, with good friend Brent Allen of the Pewtercast, of the Instant Cast, of thepewterplank.com. You know him, you love him. Brent, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, James. What's up, everybody? It's it's so good to be on a different podcast for once. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just one of those things that we would you know we would talk about having you on, but you and Ren recorded mm-hmm. uh, the Pewtercast the same night that that David and I were doing Walking the Plank, and just the timing is just it, mm-hmm. it's so hard when you're when you're so limited. So it's awesome to have you on. I'm excited to have you. Uh, we, we have a few things to talk about and, you know, it's a a few things that you've already talked about, but I'm, I'm going to get your opinion on here too. For those of you that listen and don't know about the pewter cast, please make sure that you're checking that out on all the podcatchers. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're on just about all of them out there. So, uh, as I've just recently been informed. So I'm super excited about that too. Oh, heck yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Well, tonight, Brent and I are going to get into uh, the the top news story of the day. We are going to dive into Doug Martin's role moving forward as he as it pertains to the Buccaneers. And finally, we're going to wrap up with some of your Twitter questions. But let's get a little bit of that house cleaning out of the way real quick. You can follow me on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. You can follow Brent at Brent Allen Live and at the Pewtercast. And you can follow the show at Locked on Bucks. And make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing over at the Pewter Plank uh, by following them on Twitter at the Pewter Plank. So, Brent, the big news of the day is that Hard Knocks darling and beloved fan favorite Riley Bulla has been added mm. to the 53-man roster. Even though he cut off all his hair and he doesn't look like Joe Dirt anymore, he is now part of the 53-man roster. So my question to you upon hearing this news is what kind of role do you think we're going to see Riley Bulla play in the defense, maybe in special teams? I mean, how do you view this going? I mean, is he going to even see much of the field? What's your initial take? Well, first of all, let's talk about the fans' role in Riley Bulla's life. Um, <laughs> because uh, here's the deal. He hated, hated the nickname Joe Dirt. And it was, it was an offhanded comment that somebody said and it got put out on HBO and everybody rallied around it. Now think about it. When you're a person, boy or girl, who grows out a beautiful mane of locks, that, that's something that takes commitment. You know, you, you are generally in love with your locks. You don't just, you know, shave those off for no reason. So the fact that, that, uh, you know, we as a fan base continually called him a name that he absolutely hated and made him part ways with those locks that he had. Um, you know, I, I think that just, uh, uh, I, I think there's there's a bonding experience that happens through that, you know, between the Buccaneer fans and, and Riley Cole there. So, um, but as far as your question about what what's Riley going to do, um, and you, you have the three or four of them there in a row, so um, throw them at me if I don't hit one. Um, but as far as a role for him, you know, listen, uh, the Bucks are officially eliminated from the playoffs, right? Um, yeah. I mean, practically have been eliminated from the playoffs for several weeks, but now we are officially, there's mathematically no problem, no possibility. So this is the time 
when you have these guys that you've been stashing on, stashing on the practice squad, you bring them up and see what they can do. Um, you know, if, if, you know, let's flip this around to the other way. If we had, if we had already locked up the playoffs and had already locked up a home field advantage, this is the exact same thing that you start seeing teams do. You, you bring up your other guys, you see what you have. So will we see him? Yeah, I would assume that we're going to see him. It's probably going to be in a limited role. Uh, I don't expect to see him take on major snaps because guess what? The Bucks are still trying to win. Uh, the good news is, and, and I take this as good news, despite this crappy, crappy, crappy season that we've had. And I think the, the best name for the season is literally the most disappointing season ever. Um, and we can get into why it's the most disappointing ever. But um, the, the good news is the Bucks aren't phoning in these last three games. Like, they really are going out there, and they're, they're putting forth the effort. They're trying to win. They do have something to play for, even if it's just for pride. And uh, so they're not just going to sit the starters and throw these other guys out there for the sake of seeing what they have. Uh, they are going to be trying to win. But they will be doing a little bit of that, if that makes sense. So I'd expect to see Riley Bullock probably special teams and, you know, maybe some snaps deep in a game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. I think we'll definitely see him on special teams. And then I would say maybe five to eight snaps on defense. You know, if somebody needs a breather, sure. I don't I don't think he's going to get mm-hmm. a real heavy workload. But, I mean, who yeah. knows? If if this game gets out of hand real fast, like we've seen happen in the past with the Bucks and the Falcons in, in prime time, he may see, mm-hmm. you know, extended playing time. You know, just right. to kind of continue to evaluate – what they have in him and and maybe we'll see a huge progression from when we last saw him on the playing field against where he is at this point, you know, having all those weeks on the practice squad and, and still working with the mm-hmm. team and refining what he's doing. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And, and I'll bet he gets a pretty, a pretty big ovation once he sets foot on the field on Monday, not as big as Gruden is going <laughs> to get, but he's going right. to get, he's going to get a solid ovation. Yeah, you know, and it occurs to me as you're saying that, uh, James, that, uh, you know, with Joe McCoy now injured, um, Clinton McDonald has been sidelined with a back injury, and, you know, we don't know when he's coming back. We saw it happen in the game this last week against the Lions. The Bucs, because they they have literally have lost all of their interior men, except for, what, Silver Salinga um, and and Swaggy Baker, uh, we saw them moving Robert Ayers on the inside. We saw them you know, kind of pushing people in and even moving to this two, four, five defense where you had two down linemen, two stand-up linebackers, which in this game was um, uh, Devontae Bond and uh, it kind of rotate out, but usually Kendall Beckwith, right? And then you had Quan and, and Levante in their normal spot. And then you had uh, the five cornerbacks with somebody coming in playing nickel. That being said, you know, I could I could see – Riley Bullock maybe actually splitting snaps with, uh, say, Devontae Bond, who we had stashed on IR last year and was looking really good, hasn't really made a big splash this year. In fact, he's the one who, uh, not in this last game, but two games ago or a couple of games ago when we had the, the blocked kick or a blocked punt, um, it, it was Devontae Bond who let the guy come through. I, I mean, untouched. Uh, just, just let the guy come in and, and slap the ball down. So, uh, you know, maybe we could kind of see a little bit of a of a competition there between Devontae Bond and Riley Bullock. Maybe he gets a few more snaps than what you and I are even thinking right now. 
Yeah, that's that's a solid point for sure. And one of the things that we heard was was one of the knocks on Bull is that he can't cover. So if they're bringing him to be almost like a blitzing specialist, he may see a little bit more time than than maybe we're we're thinking he would in this defense. And yeah, you know, at this point, they may just be trying any and everything they can to to maybe hang their hats on finishing the season strong and saying, look, you know, we we started making these adjustments. We have these players. You, you need to give us a little bit more time should it come to that meeting with with the Glazers. You are listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined today by our good buddy Brent Allen of Pewtercast fame. And Brent, we are going to jump over to a topic that I, it, it's been a hot topic really since, I don't know, March. And that is Doug Martin's role in this in this offense, on this team, and you you definitely know how vocal I was all offseason on my feelings towards Doug Martin. I kept saying I didn't trust him. I didn't want him on this mm-hmm. team. It was time to move on, but I wanted him to prove me wrong. And by and large, you know, stats don't tell the whole story. I'm, I'm real big on that. Stats are there to give you a, a part of the picture, but you have to have the context. That's a useful tool. Yeah, stats are a useful tool, but you have to put them in their context. Exactly. And I don't believe that Doug Martin's rushing statistics this year, his yards per carry, tell the whole story. He looks much better overall this year than I believe he did last year. That being said, something that that you and Ren actually talked about on on the Instant Cast Mm -hmm. was there, there was a caller that said, look, we we had Doug Martin play and we had Peyton Barber play same offensive line, same defense and Barber statistically and visually wiped the floor with Doug Martin. So are we at a point now in this season where Doug Martin's role is not only going to be diminished, but virtually obsolete and it's time to give the reins to Peyton Barber moving forward because I believe that that's the direction that we're heading in. They're not they're not playing for the postseason. They're not playing for, you know, home field advantage. They're they're not playing for any of that. They're playing at this point as spoiler and evaluation. So it makes the most sense to go ahead and make Peyton Barber the primary back, so that when you head into the off season, mm-hmm. you kind of know what you have in him. So how do you see Doug Martin's role moving forward for these final three games, starting with Monday mm-hmm. night against the Atlanta Falcons? Let me tell you what, James. Uh, when I played football, there was a rule. Anybody could challenge anybody else to take their job at any given time during your practice. right? Or not any given time, but during any practice. Coach, I am better than that guy right there that you have hired in the on the depth chart than me, and I'm going to prove it, they would, they would get you a spot and they would let you prove it or not prove it, right? Uh, and if you won, you took their spot. And it doesn't matter how long that person's been playing. It doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, it, when I switched schools, uh, I went in and there was a guy who, who had uh, been there for, for his three years. He was in his senior year, and it took me three weeks to beat him out. And he hated me because I beat him out. But I beat him because I was better than him, right? 
I think that's exactly what we saw this last week with Peyton Barber and Doug Martin. This was their put them up mono mono Let's see who does what. I, a lot of people criticize Coach Cutter for starting Doug Martin in the first half and then bringing in Peyton Barber. And it really looks like Doug got benched because he had that fumble and he really wasn't doing super great. So they benched him and then they brought in Peyton Barber. Listen, if you listen to Coach Cutter, uh, take him at his word. The plan was, it seems like, Doug Martin started in the first half. Peyton Barber was going to start in the second half. And the only reason I can see that they would really want to do something like that is for a challenge reason, for a competition reason. And, you know, if Doug Martin has an advantage over Peyton Barber right now that we can see, it's probably in his pass blocking or, or just his blocking in general, which is a big job of a running back. But as far as his yards per carry, yards after contact, uh, you know, all the other statistics that actually make up a running back, Peyton Barber wiped the floor with him. And, I mean, it was a fair fight. And so, uh, you know, I think that, that Doug Martin, it, I think he, he has fallen on the depth chart. You know, when Doug got hurt a couple weeks ago and he was out with a concussion, we said on our show, and, and, and I think this is absolutely right, uh, Coach Cutter says, starters don't lose their job to injury. That's a good policy for a coach to have, by the way. That's a very Absolutely. good policy. Uh, so the idea that Doug is the starter, and, and let's face it, listen, James, I know you were very anti-Doug Martin uh, throughout the offseason. I was not. I was, on the, I was completely opposite from you. I was, I was, I've been banging the Doug Martin drum. I've been on the Doug Martin train uh, definitely through the whole offseason. Doug Martin looked, I thought, fantastic in the preseason, seeing him in camp and what he was doing with my own eyes. Doug Martin was clearly the best back on this team above Jacquez, above Peyton. Um, who's the fourth guy? Charles Sims. Uh, he was clearly that. Once we got to the season when everything counted, though, and, and you know, I know he was out for the first three weeks, but once he came back, you know, it, he's had a couple of good flashes, but he's not consistently produced. And, you know, as I watched the tape, as I watched the film over the course of the season, I finally came down to where I said, listen, you can make all the excuses for Doug Martin you want. Oh, the offensive line is not blocking for him, which, by the way, they weren't. Our offensive line has been crap at run blocking this year. But still, yeah. there were times when, when Doug Martin's problems were not 100% on the offensive line. They were, they were on him. And Ren asked me on the show one time, he kind of put me on the spot, what's the split you would say of whose fault it was? And where I came down to it, I said, it's about 55 blocking for the offensive line of why we're not getting a run game going. The other 45% is our running back with Doug Martin. He's just not doing – he's not breaking through tackles. He's dancing too much in the back. He's not uh, sh- slipping tackles. He's, you know, he's not doing those things that we know and love when Doug Martin is running really great, and that's on him. And, uh, you know, and then through the season, I was going, listen, but neither is Charles Sims. He's not doing really great. Peyton Barber wasn't doing really great with his limited touches. Jacquez Rogers wasn't doing great with his limited touches. You know, so they're all doing crap. Well, Doug Martin goes down, Peyton Barber goes in, and he becomes our first 100-yard rusher for the season. Right? And you go, well, maybe there's something there. So this last game, this was the test. You know, and I go back to, I, I, I applaud Cutter. I think this is the best way to do it. The test, and, you know, Peyton Barber won. So I think Doug Martin is now the number uh, three running back on the squad. Because let's face it, Charles Sims has had probably his two best games all year these last two, uh, these last two games. 
running with uh, Peyton Barber as the number one. I can't explain why. It just looks like he has. So, you know, I think Peyton Barber's our one. I think Charles Sims is going to maintain that third down role. And then we've got Doug Martin there as a deep backup and uh, teams and, you know, sayonara Doug season. And I hate saying that because I have been a Doug Martin supporter this whole time, but I just think that's where we are. Yeah, I, I don't think you're too far off. And and even <clears throat> even on the, the Charles Sims point, and, and everybody by and large knows how I feel about Charles Sims, but I've wanted to, you know, not throw things at my television screen when he's had the ball, you know, these past <laughs> couple of weeks as much as I did right. earlier in the season. Yeah. I I don't think the long-term answer at running back is on this team right now. <clears throat> I agree. I think. I agree. <clears throat> man, I'm still getting over my, my, my sickness here. I think Peyton Barber gives the the running game the best chance to perform for these final three games. And I do think that come week 17, we will see the last of Doug Martin in a Buccaneers uniform. I think they're going to move on from him. He's going to get a, a chance with another team. You know, there's plenty of teams out there that need a running back that are in a situation far worse than Tampa's. You know, you sure. take a look. They They don't have an answer for it in Seattle. They don't have an answer for it in New York. You know, there's there's plenty of spots where Doug Martin can land. I don't think one of those is back in Tampa. Uh, I'll, right. I'll be, I'll for sure be interested to see how how Barber continues to to perform and develop over the next couple of weeks. If he is the indeed the quote unquote bell cow, the the feature primary back, because that's a role he hasn't had in his career in the NFL, how is he going to hold up being the guy game in and game out with this offense over the course of the next three weeks? I mean, that would essentially give him five weeks of being the feature back of, of an NFL team. So you can, you can build on that or you can say, look, you know, we like what you're doing. We like what you bring. Now we need to go get, you know, a solid complimentary piece to, you know, emulate that, that Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara type of Mm -hmm. connection where, you know, Charles Sims is not going to be your Alvin Kamara. Jacquez Rogers is not going to be your Alvin Kamara, but Peyton Barber absolutely can be your Mark Ingram. So it'll definitely be an interesting, uh, interesting storyline heading into the off season. But Brent, I want to let you know about something real quick. Because I know you're a, right. I know you're a fantasy football guy, and I just wasn't sure if you were aware of the amazing availability here of draft. So, fantasy football fans, listen up! It is not too late to join the five hundred thousand people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real life snake draft but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 15. All right. So it's, it's your daily fantasy site, but you're not working with a salary cap. Oh no. You get to draft against the other people that you're going up against. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash and your chances of winning are 80% better than on a salary cap daily fantasy site. 
All new players get a free entry into a real money draft with your first deposit. You use the promo code L-O-N-F-L. That's right. You play for real money for free by using the promo code L-O-N-F-L. And it gets even better. Draft is so positive that you're going to love what they're doing over there, that they are offering Locked on Bucks listeners a money back guarantee up to $100. So, Brent, you get to play for real money for free. And if you don't like what they're doing, you get a money back guarantee of up to $100. So why wouldn't you try? I'll take it. All right. Well, all you have to do is search for draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now using the promo code L O N F L. And coming up next, Brent and I are going to get into your Twitter questions. You are listening to the locked on bucks podcast. I am James Yarko joined today by our good buddy, Brent Allen of the pewter cast and Brent. We had a couple of people send in some Twitter questions And one of them, you know, all too well, it is your friend Mm. and mine, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Chef Aaron. Yeah, what's up, buddy? We do love Chef here. As a former chef myself, I especially have a special place in my heart for him. Even though he sent me, did you see this on Twitter? That that he sent me the puke emoji when I mentioned Star Wars? That hurt. I did. That hurt my heart. I did. Actually, I commented on that. I, <laughs> I think I sent him back Ooh, to Star Trek that was... after that. <laughs> oh, that's <Very> right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think I sent him a Star Trek. <laughs> uh, chef, we need to work on this, buddy. So, <laughs> Chef chef sends in. Chef, I think you're going to have to sit down with James and have a little heart to heart. Yeah, a little bit. Or a marathon. We're going to, I'll, I'll break it all down for you. So chef, chef uh, emails in and he says, so with the latest loss, how abysmal is this coaching staff compared to the last three regimes? Why is it fans will blame everything on Winston instead of the Uh coaching staff? This team Uh has regressed mightily under cutter and it continues to show. So I want to go ahead and get your thoughts first. So yeah, yeah real quick. How abysmal well, is the okay. coaching staff compared to the last three regimes? And why is it the fans blame everything on Winston instead of the coaches? Yeah, well, okay. Uh, how abysmal is this coaching staff compared to the last three regimes? Um, I think it is probably equal to that of Raheem Morris. Um Remember, Rain actually had a had a pretty good year, right? And then yeah, everything ten. tanked the next year, right? Right. Uh, he had a pretty good year that second year, I think it was. And then everything tanked in his third year, uh, and that kind of mirrors a little bit what Cutter did just one year earlier. Uh, Greg Schiano, you know, listen, I'll take Kurt, Dirk Cutter over Greg Schiano any day of the week. Um, I hear he's a, a super fantastic human being. I just don't want him as my head football coach. And you know, Lovey Smith. Uh, well, we see what he's doing up there with your fighting line out there, James. Oh. So, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, to be fair, to be fair, I was not a fan at the time of the Lovey firing. Um, and Lovey did go up. Like, he did improve from one year to the other. It's just, I don't think that Lovey was the right guy to take us 
forward into the future. Like he was kind of babysitting where we were. So, you know, uh, you know, abysmally compared to the others, I think he's probably equal for him and better than the other two. Um, as far as Bayer fans quick to point out Winston, listen, let's not all fans are blaming Winston. All right. And, and there are some who are coming out, but look, this is what happens. We get into a situation like, like the Bucks are in right now, like this season, people are looking to point the blame someone, right? And some people are pointing the blame at Coach Cutter. Some people are pointing the blame at Jameis Winston. Some people are pointing the blame at the Blazers. Some people are pointing the blame at uh, Jason Light. Some people are pointing the blame at all of them who want the whole crew to be gone, you know? Um, but there's always going to be those fans who don't like one of the, the key people. And so when things don't go right, they're going to get more vocal about their key person. So it's not all fans. It's just a fans, and they just really cool right now because of where we are. So, uh, you know, I think that's all it is. You know, and the people that are vocal right now are people who've never really liked Jameis, you know, and they're looking for someone to blame. And uh, I, I don't happen to agree with someone on that one at all. In fact, I belligerently fight them whenever I hear them uh, through the power of social media behind my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think the the people blaming Jameis instead of trying to look at all the different pieces and parts that are to blame, they mm-hmm. are number one the the vocal minority. Number yeah. two, they are the people that didn't like Jameis to begin with. Or I'll throw in this third option. They are among those Bucks fans, and, and we're all getting to this point. We just kind of express it differently. They're sick of waiting. They're sick of yeah. waiting, and they're seeing Carson Wentz and what he was doing in Philadelphia before his knee injury. They're seeing Jared Goff in St. Louis and what or in, in Los Angeles and what he's doing with the Rams. And they're saying, why isn't our franchise quarterback doing what those two guys are doing when he's in his third year and they're in their second? And they think that changing the quarterback is going to fix everything. And that's just simply not the mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've mentioned it before on on the podcast. You know, my dad, he and I argue about it every time we see each other now. Because he was he was fine with Winston up until the Patriots game. And once they mm-hmm. lost the Patriots game, he texted me and he goes, that's it, I'm done with him. We should have drafted Mariota. You know, he's he's not the answer. And he and I were talking about it again right. on Sunday when they were Mariota's over. doing great. Well, and I brought that up and he goes, well, maybe Mariota isn't any better, but Jameis doesn't have the gray matter of being a franchise wow. quarterback. Yeah. Wow. And again, okay. I, I disagreed with him and, and pointed out reasons why, and it's gonna, it's gonna take a 11 or 12 win season. Jameis again, improving on the, cause he does have, he does have decision-making problems. He does have turnover issues again, turnover statistics in context, but he does have issues that need to be addressed, that need to be fixed. And the longer it goes, when he's not getting these things under control, the worse it looks for him and the more ammunition the anti-Jameis people have. Listen, James, uh, you know, let me tell you what about that. Uh, we, we talk about this on the Pewtercast all the time. I know that, that you deal with it uh, doing these podcasts and, and uh, you know, what you do as the side expert at Pewter Plank. Um, 
you know, we, we as a fan base are hyper vigilant to our team. So everything that happens and goes wrong with our team is multiplied infinitely because we're so keyed in on it. When really the truth is, is a lot of other teams are having the same issues and their fans are hyper keyed in on their team and they don't worry about us. Just like we don't worry about them. Look, here's the deal with Jameis. You take his stats, you look at his stats, you look at them in context and compare him to other elite quarterbacks in their third year as a starter. Okay, so that, that when we say put it in context, put this in context, right? And statistically, Jameis Winston is just as good and actually in some, several places a lot better than the other quarterbacks in their third year of starting in the NFL. Now, there are a couple of outliers. Can't compare him to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers doesn't fit the, the mold of what most quarterbacks do. Right. right. You, you look at Tom Brady. You look at uh, Brett Favre. You look at Cam Newton. You look at, um, uh, gosh, who else? Uh, Eli Manning actually was another one. You look at, I think, even possibly maybe Matt Stafford. You look at, uh, and I've done the research. Like, you know, mm, I probably owe you an article, uh, James, that has all this information in it. But <laughs> his, numbers, his numbers in their proper context are not out of line. It's just because we are fans of this and we're watching this, we go, oh, it's bad decision-making after bad decision-making. Listen, his turnover problem, the, the, the turnover problem that concerns me is not the interceptions, it's the fumbles. Yes. And, and that, by the way, will improve with a better offensive line and improves with his pocket awareness. Now, we're also, people are seeing him, and, and I've not said this anywhere yet, so breaking, breaking thought, hot take right here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Listen, Carson Wentz, Phenomenal player. The league is better when he's in it, especially this year, and super sad what happened to him. Uh, he's only in his second year. Okay, let's pretend like he doesn't get injured and he comes back fully healthy for next year. Uh, or let's just say he does come back fully healthy for next year. What happens when his, he has an off season, has a down season? You know, it, like, like fans are comparing what's happening in this one season with these other guys to what's happening – in multiple seasons with Jameis. You see what right. I'm saying? And you can't do that. That's not fair. Like, you, you can't sit here and say, oh, why, why is uh, – apply this to the coaching situation, right? Look at all these first-year head coaches who are out there who are, quote-unquote, changing the culture. Hint, it takes a lot longer than one season to change a culture. I don't care what your record is after one season. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're winning right away. And look how good they're doing out there. Okay. Let's wait and see what happens in their second and third year of a season. Like, we can't compare them to what's happening right now in Tampa. We have to take what's going on in Tampa in its context and look at it uh, and, and really see where we are, um, you know. And, and it, it, yeah, it just – you can't compare, uh, it, compare us to them right now. You've got to take us uh, in our context for what we are and make your decisions based off that. Yeah, I think you nailed it 100%. Like that was that was perfectly said. Um and chef real quick to to touch on the first part of your question that I didn't get to. I'm I'm also with Brent on I would say Cutter right now is on par with Raheem. I would still take him over Shiano and go get, somebody get Lovey out of Champaign, Illinois. Please? Mm-hmm. Pretty please. I mean now 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 let's let's say this. Something Cutter has going for him that Raheem didn't. 
this team does not seem to have cut on on cutter, quit on cutter like it did Raheem. In fact, right. the, the exact opposite. And this is what we hear out of all the media guys who are in the building uh, from multiple sources saying, you know, I remember what it was like when they quit on Raheem. That's not what's happened here. These guys aren't quit here. These guys continue. like everybody is saying that from the Pewter Report guys to the Joe Bucks fans guys to the Tampa Bay Times guys. They're all saying it. So. You know, that is something that Cutter has going on. So maybe he's even a step above Raheem. I still think he's gone at the end of this year. Uh, not because I want him to be. Um, I just think he's going to be. All right. Well, our, our second Twitter question and our, our final one for the Nikes, we're going to have to wrap things up, comes from Marta. And Marta sent a two-parter, but I'm going to hold off on part one. Because that's that's okay. something that, that David and I are talking about. And we'll, I'm going to have you back on for this one because I would love to get your thoughts. We might have a Pewter Plank roundtable episode of Locked on Bucks to discuss this, this first part. So we're going to put this one in the back pocket. But question number two, I really like this one. This is intriguing to me. Do you think that the Glazers will be watching for the fan reaction Monday night when Gruden is inducted in the ring of honor, I know not all of you are in agreement with Gruden, but what if dot, dot, dot. So how close of an eye do you think the powers that be are going to have on this ring of honor ceremony and how the fans react to John Gruden walking onto the field and giving a speech and seeing his name put up you know, enshrined inside Raymond James Stadium? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you used this phrase a, a little bit ago, the vocal minority. And I, I suspect, this is just my feeling, and I don't know that. I suspect that the people that want Gruden back as head coach here in Tampa Bay is a very vocal minority. Um, very vocal, probably a larger minority than the ones who are hating on Jameis Winston. Um, but still, I think it's a minority. Now, that's my guess. I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, the majority of fans want Gruden back. I don't think that's the case at all. I really don't. Um, I think just the ones who do are, are being very, very vocal about it. So that said, if I'm the Glazers, uh, I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm not letting it inform my decision uh, with what we do. Uh, and I think it's a very dangerous thing when you make football decisions based off of the input of your fans, um, at least the, the, fan, the mass of fans, you know. Um, so I, it's certainly something to, to listen for. It's something I'm curious. I got to be honest. I'm heading to the Monday night game next week, and I, I, I'm – 75% there just to see what happens during Gruden's uh, ceremony. Cause that's why I want to be there. Like, you know, the game is going to be the game. It's fine. I, I love my bucks. I love watching them and support them, but you know, let's face it, we're out of the playoffs. So what, you know, whatever, I want to see what's going to happen. with Gruden. Like I'm super interested to see what happens there, but I don't, I don't think the Glazers are smart to not allow that to influence them, but still be in touch with what's happening enough to be interested to see what actually happens. Yeah, I would, I would definitely love to be there for the, for the ring of honor induction. Hopefully they stream it on the Buccaneers app or, or 
website like they've done in the past because it definitely won't be shown on on ESPN other than then when they come back for the third quarter and they'll do a quick little blurb and say, you know, during halftime, yeah. our own John Gruden, da 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 da. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I think you're right in the fact that I don't think the Glazers are going to put a ton of stock into it. I think they'll be interested to see the fan reaction. Um, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, the the tipping point of any decision or any search that they're going to do. However, I will disagree that I truly believe that the majority, at least of fans inside the stadium, are going to be incredibly vocal in wanting him back. I expect signs. I expect chance. I expect I'm setting the over under at 100 Chucky dolls. I... (laughs) I think that the maybe maybe you're right in overall of the fan base it's a vocal minority but I think mm-hmm. that minority is going to take over that stadium on that night to try to get their point across that this is the guy that they want back. And it goes back to me for that whole mm-hmm. <clears throat> consistently reaching for nostalgic hires and nostalgic mm-hmm. moves to try to mm-hmm reignite the glory days and it just it hasn't worked i don't think it'll work this time if they bring in john gruden i just don't i and again just like with the doug martin situation if that's what they do and i'm wrong i'll pray that i'm wrong because i want to see this team win but i i am as a non gruden rehire guy i am dreading the ovation the chance what people are going to be screaming at cutter during the game basically berating him for not being as good as mm-hmm. as gruden i i think it'll be i think it'll be interesting and i i'm i don't think i'm gonna like some of the things that i'll likely see or hear via social media yeah and i gotta be honest with you james I, I, that's part of what i want to be i want to be there to see what actually winds up happening because um, I, I, it could be that I could be way wrong, and and you could be a hundred percent right. Uh, I'm just interested to see what happens. But you know, listen, if, if I could put in a word to Bucks fans, I would just say this: have some class, have some respect. You know, Please. I know I know that a lot of people are really mad at Coach Cutter right now. Um, but you know, listen, let's celebrate John Gruden. Let's not berate Coach Cutter. All right. Uh, that would be the word of, of employment that, that I have to you guys. Listen, if Groach Gruden is going to come back and be our next head coach, that is going to come in its due time. Its due time is not Monday night. Its due time will be Monday, January 1st, 2nd, whatever that is. Uh, that would yeah, be when that happens. But, I, you know, this Monday night, this is about John Gruden going into the ring of honor. Cheer for John. Cheer for him, cheer for him, cheer for him. He's going into the ring of honor. That's right. I would just say, come on, guys, let's have some class. Let's, you know, eh, come on. Uh, let's not embarrass ourselves here um, and make things, you know, stupidly awkward. Uh, I don't I don't think that serves us to do that at all. Yeah, I uh, I will 100% echo those sentiments. I, I don't want to 
That's why I, I say that I'm dreading it because I'm afraid that that's exactly what's going to happen. People have to remember, yeah, we're not we're not thrilled with the job that Dirk Cutter has done this year. That doesn't mm-hmm. make him, you know, that doesn't mean he needs to be a punching bag. You know, this right. is a, a guy who he's lived in in Tampa longer than he's been coaching for them. You know, he has kids going to school in Tampa. You know, you don't need to sit there and and try to build yourself up by by ripping into him just because they're honoring John Gruden. So, yeah, yeah. something almost like like what Derek Fournier said when he told a story about being at Lambeau and somebody mm-hmm. smacking Buck Nasty's helmet off of his head, and one guy said, yeah. "Sir, you are a Packers fan. Act like it, guys." Hold yourselves accountable. Yeah. You know, show show yeah. class, show grace, show your appreciation for, for John Gruden, but also yeah. whether whether you're happy with the job he's done or not, show your appreciation for how much work Dirk Cutter has put in this year too. Don't cut the guy down just because Gruden's going to be out mm-hmm. there at halftime. Agreed. So with that, Brent, I think we're going to call it an episode. We ran a little long, which we have the tendency to do here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. At some point, we're going to get this uh, <laughs> this time frame down. But I, I, I would like we to thank you so much. Get the pewter cast. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> Three and a half hour long you, shows, never. But you know what? With with my with my day job, it helps the time go by faster. Because I, it's me in my Bluetooth headset and podcasts all day long, driving, delivering all day long. That's all I do. So there are some of us that appreciate that. Just letting you know. <laughs> well, glad to be appreciated. So, all right. Well, Brent, again, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you're following Brent on Twitter at Brent Allen Live and at the Pewtercast. And make sure you subscribe to the Pewtercast on iTunes, Google Music, and all your other podcatchers out there. Whichever one you choose mm-hmm. to use, you will find the Pewtercast out there. You can follow me on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. Make sure you're following at Locked On Bucks and at the Pewter Plank. And we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on this lovely, lovely Wednesday at the Locked on Bucks podcast.